Hi, and welcome to CD Soundtracks, where creative people play their non-definitive desert island discs. You're listening to an edited version of the live show that was broadcast earlier on Hoxton Radio. It's a music show, but we've cut most of the music out. Here are the bits in between. Hello, folks. Hey. 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 It's, uh... <laughs> Hello. Oh, God. What an intro. You got an, yeah, I think that you should fart as well. Sorry, I've just got emphysema. Sorry, <laughs> bad lungs. Uh, you're listening to um, Hoxton Radio. This is um, CD Soundtracks number probably 15, I think it is now. Nice. Really well progressed. Um, listening to our season two. You know, doing seasons now. I've, oh, well, I've, okay. I've made this season this two. This is very Netflix. Very, very, very prestige Netflix. TV. Very yeah. good. Um, and we're great to have Stu in the, back in the studio. Oh, great to be back. Uh, and so we're going to do um, another one of our CD soundtracks. Yes. It was a slightly different hue. It was a bit of a, a, a rush job this week because... Don't say that. Don't say that on well, no, yeah, Everything I, was perfectly planned. This is a, a well-oiled machine, no? That is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> it's, it, but but the, the, the ability to react to circumstances is part of being a well-oiled machine, yeah, uh, yeah. as is our industry. No, true, true, the, true. true. The, um, the, the guest I have today is Charles. Do you want to introduce uh, yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my name's Charles, Charles Oliver. Um I'm a creative. I work in advertising. I I think unlike some of your guests, I'm not a CD. Yeah. But I I work uh, slightly more junior, I shall say. You're just a creative. S- not as seasoned as some of these people, but I am a creative, and I, currently I work at AMV, uh, the advertising agency. Mm-hmm. And yes, and I also listen to music, some of which I will play for you today. Um, is your is the, your journey public? Where what's happening? Uh, I. T- should have asked it off air, shouldn't Yeah, I? no, yeah, that's that's probably one you should have run by a publicist. Yeah, but, uh, okay, yeah. But well, we'll... Uh, <laughs> currently I am at AMV. Currently and, AMV. Uh, in the future, who knows where I might be? You know, who knows? we live in a changing world constantly. Exactly, so, uh, exactly. Yeah. In the background, it was the first of our tunes, uh, Raymond Scott's Portofino 2, which is uh, our season two soundtrack. Lovely song. Um, but uh, Charles has graced us with soundtrack. Now, Charles is no stranger to our show. No, um, no, no, no. Done many no. a show, haven't we? And yes. um, yeah. and was I'm not not suggesting for a second that you were on the subs bench at any point, but <laughs> but the ability to step up when was required, the ringer is <laughs> yeah. is quite uh, quite a feat. That's good. And the, the tunes, Sterling. Oh well, thank you. Thank never, you. Thank you. Never, never anything less than expected. I don't know. I told you this actually. You remember you did your um, Charles' Guide to Country? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The station manager emailed me. Said that was a great show. He didn't email me. I um, didn't give me your email address. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that happens, doesn't it? <laughs> didn't, even for- <laughs> didn't even forward it. I took all the glory myself. I said, yeah, Charles popped in. But I mainly did that. <laughs> So, nice. um, but we're going to do Charles Dare on this, and I'm actually rather pleased about this because yeah. I feel like we're somehow breaking some of the shackles of um, CD soundtracks oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. in, in in this um, endeavour, and it, it 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 gives me joy, the, the sense of liberty. Do you want to introduce your first tune? Okay, yeah. So the next one is Sunrunner by Bob James, I think. And um, you might remember Bob James, or not at all, but he did the theme tune to the TV show Taxi, uh, 70s sitcom. But this is another one of his songs, and it is, um, it's really, really good. So listen. I'm not afraid to 
I tricked you all. It was actually a real test. Um, so the song that played just now was uh, Nice Nice by Lift the Puller uh, from their 2000 album Fiestas and Fiascos. It was not uh, Sun Runner by Bob James. But, um, but the was, background is. But, but the background is now, shortly playing, is said song. Yeah. And isn't it so nice to hear? So um, we'll use it. This is an instrumental. Your list has got uh, very helpfully lots of instrumental. What a radio pro, Stu. Oh, yeah. He's a radio oh, pro. He comes yeah. with instrumentals. He comes already with his own bedding what, music. What a gift. A seasoned pro. Exactly. Um, so um, our show has historically been kind of about creative, kind of not. Um, sure. But you're the first person who isn't from my industry, PR. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And actually, weirdly, the, 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 uh, the substitution was a like-for-like like in the respects that today originally was going to be a chap called Dave Billings, who's okay. the ECD at Above and Beyond, and he's just moved to a new place. Yes, um, yes, but yes. I'm not going to talk about him because he didn't show up. No, no, no. No, he's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he's wonderful. Sorry. He'll come back. <laughs> sorry, but it was, it was actually us breaking out of our shackles of, yeah, um, sure of PR. Yeah. So... I, I guess I'm just going to ask you the same sort of questions, but mm. you give your own spin. Yeah, sure, I can do that. What um, you've specifically chosen some songs that help you with the kind of when you need some juice for yeah, ideas, yeah, right? The creative process. So, yeah, what is yeah. right? You get a brief yeah. day one. You're according yeah. to me. Mr. Olfair, can you come into the office, yeah. please? And that's how they talk to me. And that's yeah. how they say. Yeah. I, if I, I they imagine. say Charles, I, I get very annoyed. I can imagine. I throw over my green skittles. <laughs> 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 Only green skittles. Yeah, exactly. Only green skittles. Um, I would imagine as a junior person, you get PA. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got several PAs, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One for my skittles. My PA has a PA. Yeah. You've got a skittles PA. Yeah. You've got a, 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 a stylist. <laughs> yeah, stylist. Yeah, stylist, yeah. obviously, in-house stylist. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, yeah uh, uh, got, the list goes on. Well, yeah. I work with AMV. That's kind of I, how, yeah, how it rolls. how you expect it to go, yeah. So, Mr. Olafair, um, I've scheduled a meeting with your <clears throat> PA, uh, yes. the, the diary PA. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a brief for you. Yeah. They tell you the brief. The brief is, uh, arg- for argument's sake, it's about a beer. Okay, I can do that. What yeah. is your? I mean, what tough questions do you ask, or do you not ask tough questions? Do you go away and prepare tough questions, or what do you do? You know what? Actually, on the on the topic of questions, there is a question I've started asking uh, now. When we when and it's not just me. I work with a great person called uh, Josie Finlay, and we work together. And she's the yin to my yang in that respect, and uh, or I'm the yin to her yang. I don't know. Whichever one makes it sound cool. You're more yang. Yeah, more yang, yeah, more yang. But no, so basically, like, I, I tend to ask, um, I guess the thing is, is when you go into these things, it's, you've got so many people from so many different sort of parts of the business, no one is ever quite saying anything straight. So I always find it, well, not, not that it's straight, but they're all set, not straight, but they're all saying it from their own perspective, you know, approaching the brief from their own perspective. So what I always ask from the creator's perspective is kind of just an intellectual version of sort of, or a straightforward version of question, version of the question, what do you want us to do, really? And, and I always say, do you want us to do something that is a bit sort of, you know, the kind of thing that someone stops and takes a picture by, or the kind of thing that a person says, you know, wow, look at this, this happened, type thing. And it, it's... I didn't learn that very well, but I, I just try and get down to the brass tacks, really, as much as I can as someone... Is it confusion techniques? Is it confusion techniques? What you're trying to do yeah. is you're trying to bamboozle them with <laughs> questions that don't go anywhere, and they're thinking, oh, the client just wants this. Yeah, I kind of want to get... I always kind of want to get to that, like, you... I, I don't know, we went to the same advertising school, so it's always mm-hmm. this thing of, like, 
basically trying to find out exactly what you're meant to do in the most layman's of terms. So if it is, you know, sell this beer to under under 35s. Yeah, yeah. Sell, sell this beer to, to preschoolers, then that is what we'll do. But it, it is this sort of thing of sort of really trying to get down to brass tacks as much as possible. Obviously, when you work on a creative brief, there are elements that are all equally as important, whether it's the strategy, whether it's what the client wants, whether it's what, you know, what the agency wants to do as a creative entity in and of itself. But I guess the main starting point for us when we work together is just trying to find out what has to be done in the most simple terms possible, I guess. Yeah. I think, yeah. was almost like a Seinfeld-esque intro to (laughs) The Charles Show. Yeah, it's a real sort of like sitcom sort of opener type thing. You feel like it was missing a slap bass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you've you've, you've got your brief. Um, Yeah, sure. Are you graced to meet the client? Or No, 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 that's the wrong way of saying it. Is the client allowed to meet you? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. (laughs) At my level, no. Uh, (laughs) But, um, I mean, occasionally you do. I think it's always sort of quite good at the sort of initial staging thing not to have to from my limited knowledge not to have too much sort of client contact because you don't want the you want the creative process such as it is in advertising at least to sort of be unhindered by sort of bigger voices in the room so it's great when you can just start out and really just throw shit at the wall and see what happens and then let it get chipped down by you know by reality and things like that and yeah the um, you walked out of the room yes, and you've I've got left that the Zoom meeting. You've left the Zoom, your Zoom <laughs> meeting. Um, what's the first thing you do? What's the first part of your creative process? Because you're, you're it's worth saying, saying, stating for the viewers mm. that um, as a pair, you're mm. a relatively self-contained unit. The yin and the yang, yeah, um, uh, will go away onto a mountaintop and stare into the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right? really sort of contemplate, contemplate yeah. things. I mean, it's funny, actually, because, yeah, you work really, 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 truly work as a unit, but mm-hmm. it will genuinely begin at least at least now that we're not that often in the office together with, like, like at least a 15-minute break of go get a coffee, think about what's just been said to us each, and then go away and then come back to each other and sort of see how you each understood it. I think the interesting thing about being in those meetings is, you know, in any sort of setting, you know, certain each person is their ears get pricked up by certain things mm. and other persons. So it be so yeah, what did you make of that? Oh, I got this from it and then oh I got that from it. It kinda seems a bit like this and, and that that's kind of where the magic starts to happen when you've gone away a bit and sort of seen it told each other what your perspectives on whatever the brief is, was, really. And, and that's kind of where it starts to sort of, like the coffee we just had, percolate. And, uh, yeah. and I suppose um, because you work so much with Josie, yeah. um, you kind of second-guess them quite a lot. Mm. I, I, I've started 
I don't have a partner uh, in creative terms, and, yeah. and it is a terrible travesty. <laughs> I, try, I try and borrow them or get them onto radio shows. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I do work quite a lot with a couple of people. Yeah, there's a lady called Eleanor. I work with an awful lot, and and you start to get used to knowing what their thinking is like. Yeah. And you kind of feed off that. You know where they're going. Or sometimes they don't. You don't. Yeah. In that process, um, do you find that you are looking for them to? give perspective to your thoughts or is it that between the two of you you kind of bounce it back and forth and and quite often quite f- quickly find your common ground or do you do you something you have different perspectives and you go alone yeah. and take them with you it's kind of a mixture of all of it you kind of want to bounce things back and forth say what you kind of thought or like how you think it should go or whatever but it, it really is sort of it's the things that Lots of stuff gets sort of left behind. It'll be like, oh, I kind of think this. Ah, that's a bit too this. Or, you know, I kind of think that. Ah, I'm not sure about that. And it's the stuff that sort of rises to the top that tends to be the better stuff. It's the stuff you agree on. It's the stuff you'll, you both like so that makes it easier to work on it. And that's kind of where the magic happens. I quite like when – I quite like having a bad idea um, – that someone tells me it's bad, that Josie says, is, oh, I don't like that. And she's really good at that, just sort of saying, I don't, I don't really like that or I'm not really feeling that. And it's mm. kind of like, well, that's the whole point of what you're doing, right? If someone else doesn't like the idea you have, then it's probably, you know, not fit for public consumption. So it's this kind of steel sharp and steel type thing. But the, I often find mm. the, the bad idea... Mm. If you just leave it and say, oh, forget that, oh, that's yeah, one thing. Yeah. But if you work on the bad idea to work out the bad bit, this happened today, actually. Someone suggested a pop-up for something. It's like, oh, that's just dreadful. Yeah. You thought about it and thought, okay, we'll be a really weird way of doing a pop-up. Yeah. It was like, oh, we actually got to, I think, a really exciting idea. Yeah, yeah, um, I hear that. I think quite often that kind of um, turn bad to good has been a found often a really nice route. Oh, definitely. There's always there's always a thing where, you know, one of us will be like, I'm really not really not enjoying that idea or oh, that makes no sense to me. And then again, you, you go you go to the toilet or you've been like brainstorming for a bit and you've sort of taken a break and then you come back and it's like, oh, actually I was completely wrong. Let's go down this route and see what we can what we can make of it. And I think that's always quite fun. I think it's quite fun to sort of creatively disagree as as much as it is to creatively agree because it, you challenge yourself or you have someone challenging you and it's just really good when it gets to that point where it's like oh wow that's i didn't think about it like that and that's cool it's like they're playing a different drum yes <laughs> wow what a transition <laughs> <laughs> you can't see ladies and gentlemen but i'm slapping my cheek in disbelief <laughs> <laughs> Can we introduce a song? Yeah, this is a uh, different drum by uh, Evan Dando, I think. Yeah. Lemonheads. Lemonheads. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 
What a shame to cut that short. But them's the rules. Hey, so uh, next up we have Rearview Mirror by Pearl Jam. And this is just one of those songs, not much, not too much to say about it, but it, it just really rips and uh, I feel really creative when I listen to it. It just gets me going. Jam. I never really were. I, I didn't. Have you? It's true. Did you ever have Pearl Jam thing? Ne- never entered into it. It, it just came to me recently. I'm, I'm really into the sort of the '90s college rock at the moment. It's uh, it's just good. Speaking of, speaking of 90s college rock, I don't know if these they're quite. I think like they were big on college radio in America. Mm. But uh, I was in the, I work at a cafe and Graham Coxon came in yesterday. Oh, nice, oh, nice, yeah. nice. Oh, what's he saying? Uh, he's having a ham and cheese toasty. Nice, <laughs> nice. Did, nice. You, did you acknowledge him? I wanted to. He was with like a partner, I assume, and he was so like shuffly and awkward and like fidgety and like in his quite sort of charming dog. Sort of heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. <you've> <laughs> um, I think it's him being clean. The withdrawal. But uh, anyway, yeah. But I but Pearl Jam, no, never. I couldn't tell you three songs of theirs. I, I, I this is one of maybe three songs <laughs> I know by them, but it is very very good. <laughs> but you said it was a, a good morning song, which I kind of. Uh, I concur with. It struck me that there was a, a morning song, yeah. Yeah. And I remember actually when I used to work, when I worked in that advertising world, that I had like a morning playlist mm. that were like just, you know, that up tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally like the hand clap, like, yeah, yeah, let, yeah let's yeah, get yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. brain in, gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just wondering whether <coughs> sort of you actually found that whether it was, you know, intentionally or not, you had playlists which you lent to at particular times of day for those different energy levels and whether that was something that fed into sort of creative peaks and troughs. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's kind of like when you go on a run. I, I, I don't know if... Well, I don't run that much at all, but it, <laughs> one it, would imagine. One would imagine, imagine. but it, it's one of those things where you sort of you you sort of pick the tunes by by virtue of how fast you're aiming to run that day, or yeah. or the speed you want to move at. Right, you kind of you know you do that whole thing of listening to your body or whatever, mm-hmm. and and yeah, in the same way that I will genuinely put this song on, uh, put the song we just played now on, um, if I really want to try and go for it. Uh, if I'm really trying to get into the creative mood when I'm working at home, like, you know, we've got, a, we've got, a, we're working on a pitch or we're doing this, or we've got to write a script or, you know, we're just sort of away trying to beef away at something and need to get it done pretty quickly. I'll put like, you know, a fast sort of a rocking song on to sort of 
yeah, get the, mm. the juice flowing just because, you know, you, you act as according to your surroundings or the, the music you're listening to. So if it was too, you know, loush, I wouldn't do anything. Where if it, loush? 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 I don't know. Well, whichever, if it was too slow, basically, slow, right. if I, I, then I would be feeling slow. But a song like this, it just really gets you snapping. Same with that Lift the Puller song, actually, that, mm. uh, that started the show. Just a similar thing, sort of like quite lyrical, quite, quite, quite moving, quite the bass in the song that just came now is really sort of, mm. you know, going. And it, you, you kind of want to, it sets the pace that you sort of carry on to. I think. But they're, they're all sort of like a sense of urgency. To them, yeah. Right? But like you can't keep up an urgent. No, no. For a whole no, no, nine hour day. No, no, of course. Um, and so like, you know, I guess, yeah. Because you sort of roll with that. And yeah, I, th I think there's definitely songs that will come up in uh, over the course of today that that sort of fit into that sort of yeah. You can't constantly go at like you know 160 BPM or whatever it is. You do need to sort of. Ruby does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I, I use I use music as a drug basically. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like. If I ever get a pacemaker, I'll need it to have a Spotify API yeah. connection <laughs> because yeah. it won't. That's the only way it will work. I do it. Falsely now, but the next song, Scriptility, yeah. is uh, that's that's I'm guessing a mid afternoon song. Yeah, I mean this one is actually still quite high tempo, but it's the vocal sort of arrangement of it. Uh, so Scriptility, great band. The singer Green Gartside has this sort of he's Welsh, but he always sung in this sort of quasi American pop sort of voice, and that's quite calming in sort of juxtaposition to the, you'll hear it with the synths and the drumming on this that quite sort of syncopated, but he kind of keeps it at a level and that's quite interesting. And yeah, that, that, that has an effect when you listen to it, you know. So this is... <laughs> I went too early there. Sorry, yeah, mate. yeah. You, <laughs> you bust too quick. Give, give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Hypnotised by Scrapely. Uh, they started off sort of sounding like uh, a sort of dirgy sort of kraut rock sort of by way of sort of like can sort of thing yeah, yeah type thing and and then there was a sudden click and creatively they sort of the the, the main singer green guard side decided to sort of go this sort of weird poppy route and like really partner with producers that are using sort of like the high end the long, uh, the high end sort of like uh, sequencing sort of equipment mm. at the time and that's why it all sounds so sort of Plinky plunky, and it does yeah. feel kind of like um, sort of fantasy-ish in a way. Yeah, you can imagine yeah. it. You could imagine it being in an eighties film, in a oh, in a kind of scene time. where where they're you know, they're running through fields trying to find. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you enjoy saying his name, don't you? Green Gartside. You it's have to good. say the whole name. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's good. It's an interesting name, Green Gartside. Yeah, the name is a color. It's strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
let's play a little bit of the next song. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, what's the, is there a heritage to this? Because obviously, where does this fit into your, um, I'm going to say this wrong word, your creative milieu? <laughs> is it melu? I don't know. There's lots of words I don't know how to say. Yeah, but I still no, use them. Bit, bit, bit Del Trotterish. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> yeah. just whack them in, hoping I get away with it. Like, you know, I concur with it. Yeah. I concur will do, but I'll, I'll embellish it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, I've actually just forgotten. It's Martin Rev. I know that, and the song's called Whisper. That's it. Remember it all. And uh, well, what's the name of the album? No idea, no idea. But uh, this is, I don't know, if we're talking about sort of like peaks and troughs in terms of how the music leads you, this is definitely one that I'll listen to when I'm just trying to think and not let anything else be too obtrusive. You kind of want the music as bedding as we're gonna, going to have it, but uh, but not too much of a, you don't want the lyrics to sort of get in there and sort of enter into your thinking. I'll, I'll usually listen to this if I'm trying to like, you know, write some lines or something. It? Yeah, exactly. do for now but give the track a listen on spotify i wonder how much the music affects your writing because this one feels mm. like you kind of want to tell a fairy tale to it i guess yeah it's got that sort of that sort of a uh, t- toyetic feeling or whatever like it feels like it feels like it's being played on like you know children's musical instruments mm. and then yeah maybe if i was trying to write something that felt a bit sort of childlike or, or wondrous or even just not even that just even trying to I think I tend to when I do write for work I always feel like I'm saying things quite seriously uh, so it's quite nice to have something that feels like it's sort of you know consciously not serious so that you can sort of get out of that mindset and sort of be a bit more fun and a bit more open it's something I want to ask you and, yeah. and it, it pertains to you and not to the typical guests that we have mm. um, in that you are um part of a pair yeah sure you're essentially a writer yeah yeah Josie was essentially a writer yeah yeah she still is right? yeah, yeah and as you have progressed um, do, how much is the has that um, the fact that you've got two writers quite conceptual orientated yeah. uh, has that changed things is that quite typical in your part of the world do you do you lust for um, art or is it really not needed um, I suppose it depends on the brief, really. There are, there are obviously briefs that, that do come in where it's like, yeah, very much a visual idea without sort of a script behind it or sort of, um, so, yeah, that type of thing does come in. But at the end of the day, it's all sort of storytelling, you mm. know, whether it is just a visual or whether it is a script or whether it's a radio type thing. So it does help that you're both writers in the sense that you're both able to, and even people who aren't writers are obviously able to imagine things. So it does really help that we're, both writers and I think the really good thing about us as a pair is we're both quite different styles of writers we both obviously come from we both come from a place of humor but I think we've got two different sense of humor senses of humor that complement each other so that always works quite well and I'd say that you know Josie's 
quite a good illustrator and she's also got a visual aspect to how she thinks and so do I. So that always, it, it kind of, it comes out in the wash basically. It sort of, it works. You can sort of turn up as as you need to and turn it down as you need to. Obviously it'd be great if we could both sort of you paint the Sistine Chapel, but you know. You share that role, don't you though? You both do um, oh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, in, in the kind of advertising we do, a lot of it is just sort of, it, it it's not so much having the ability to do something, it's sort of having the the vision of something. So, you know, uh, being able to be like, oh, here's a great film I saw that had a great opening sequence, or being here's a great painting I saw that had, you know, some really great colours, is just as good in, in the roles that we do as being able to recreate those yourselves. You know, a lot of what we do is, you know, making mood, board th- mood boards of things or sort of saying, I want something to be a bit like this. So having that knowledge of, something being a bit like something is good and so actually so maybe the um the dexterity of your pen yes. uh, your 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 brush uh, in visual terms yeah. actually isn't hampered in the sense that you can communicate the visual to somebody who can do the craft yeah craft. exactly yeah and I, th- I think a lot of the time that is where the real skill lies is it's it's communicating the visual or saying I want this to be like this. I heard a really interesting thing the other day about Rick Rubin where like someone was saying that like it was someone who worked with Rick Rubin for recently for a while and they were saying like Rick Rubin said that he has not played an instrument in the studio for a long long time but it's just that ability of saying like this should sound like this you know the drums should sound like this or the guitar should sound like this or the the 808 should come in here do you know what I mean it's not necessarily that he's going to be pressing the keys and putting each instrument together it's more mm. saying Here's what I think it should sound like. I feel like I read the other day. Mm. Um, about, I think it was about um, who's that producer who shot the lady, big frizzy hair. I forget his name for a second. I feel like Spectre. I feel like I read that good. he doesn't play any instruments, can't read music, none of that. And no. I feel like it's quite. I mean, certainly yeah. the, the guy that we also, whose name I forget temporarily, Welsh guy who did honeycombs uh, all that kind of moon man stuff yeah you know what i mean when he, when he also shot someone he <laughs> shot uh, his landlady oh um what's his name uh, that guy also i think <laughs> yeah that guy you know that guy yeah and I, I feel like he um we did a whole show on him didn't we <laughs> um, and yet he can't remember his yeah, name yeah for shame gad sooks <laughs> but um, the um but also i think i think that these are people who are great producers who actually didn't and, and great, great, great producers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was arguably our Phil Spectre, I think, is generally yeah. the, the thinking. Are you thinking of Malcolm McLaren at all? No, 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 he's no, very no, similar. no. Yeah. I'm thinking of um, Stu, I think Stu's on the internet finding it out. Researching all um, <laughs> It's the honey, Joe, Joe, Meek. Joe Meek, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, because he just hummed out the, you know, for Telstar and stuff. He was just like, mm, yeah. mm, and then the band played it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, actually, that ability, although it probably comes in handy, yeah. Uh, doesn't stop him doing something. And there is an argument to say that he's probably not held back by trying to hum the right notes. Yeah, or, well, he's held back now because right. he's dead, but yeah. That has held him back, <laughs> yeah. I, imagine, I imagine, quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not been as prolific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He fell off. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's really dropped off, hasn't he? Um, your next song, I don't even know if your next song is a betting song because we could play it in the background. It's the uh, You Got Soul by Domina. Yeah, so uh, one thing I really like to do is um, I used to, before I worked in the kind of advertising I do now, I used to work in like a really quite boring marketing job, several quite boring marketing jobs, and I would sort of make these playlists to sort of get me through the day. And this was sort of the centerpiece of like an Italo disco playlist I made. And um, 
I just really like it. It's called uh, You Got My Soul by Domina, and I think it's the only song they've, they've ever done. And it's just really sort of, it sounds like Robots Crying, which I think was the name of the playlist, actually. Okay, you get the idea. You can catch the whole playlist on the site. It feels like an old version of, you know, the Drive soundtrack. Yeah, It yeah. feels like it could have easily been like a, a, an outtake from that almost. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's got that sort of, yeah, cinematic, but also slow, and you could have, yeah, like, you know, if the Scritty Politi song was sort of, uh, you know, an 80s girl getting changed in the mall, this is like them walking away from the love of their life, something like that, I don't know. Do you know uh, I mean? yeah, 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 before they kind of, they think it's all over, but you, there's one more twist. Yes, exactly, yeah, before the third act. There we go. Yeah. 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 Um, so, here's an interesting thing, right? Because, yeah, sure. because you're the first person that hasn't been um, in my industry, in, in PR, but we yeah. obviously went to school together. Yeah. Um, having gone from school... Yeah. So you mentioned you were in marketing beforehand. Yeah. Um, then you went to, back to school. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know, you and I are the only people who've kind of been in and been out. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then having gone back, what's the difference between having um, gone back uh, to industry with with this year out where you got to ponder and think and learn new things? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I guess, like, I think that whole process is sort of like a big thing of sort of unlearning things that you sort of think that you know mm. and sort of learning how to think differently again and uh, I think because in these marketing jobs I'd always had my title was always you know copywriter or something like that and but there was never I was writing definitely but just the the aspect of sort of coming up with ideas for things was never an aspect of it do you know what I mean like because you don't necessarily have to have an idea for a landing page for a website or sort of like a an all mailer for people who have forgotten to deposit their funds for some, you know, thing you that some company runs. Do you know what I mean? And that's what you're doing the previous one. Yeah, it was like you know banking things and like uh, I think I worked for like Virgin Media for a bit, like things like that, where it's sort of like emails that get sent out to be ignored type of thing. And uh, you always think, oh yeah, I can write, I can do this, I can make a, a write a subject line or you know that type of thing but there's so much different that it comes with sort of coming up with an idea and having to actually think about what 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 the thing you're doing means i suppose mm. and and that's a really interesting aspect of it and it, yeah i don't know how did you find it 
Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a massive advocate for the school we went to, SCA, by the way, yeah. um, which is now the only portfolio school, now Watford's gone, which is yeah, that's, tragedy. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I've got to say, actually, a big part of me, even in SCA, I was thinking, I've been to the wrong place, I should have gone to Watford. Yeah. A, lot of people, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people I really like come from Watford, and I think, I think there is this kind of smoke and mirrors about how it's the only school worth going to, but I think yeah, Watford is really good, and I think it's a travesty that it, it, Watford hasn't yeah. stayed Yeah, an interesting development, actually. So Tony Collingham, who ran the Watford course, has now partnered up with BBH, to do quite an interesting thing where um, uh, you can, it's basically the same way of applying. You apply as you would do for the Watford School. And for anyone listening, the Watford School is like a school of advertising that you would, uh, that lots of people who might have even been on the show would have gone to maybe. I don't know. Not, not so much in my world so much, but yeah, a lot of people we will be advertising. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, so Ollie yeah. went there, for example. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so that sort of collapsed recently but now uh tony Colling- cullingham the guy who ran the school has partnered up with bbh a really quite big agency mm. they do stuff for mm. tesco and all that sort mm. of thing and so it will be the course but run through uh bbh as part of their placement scheme so it's a 10-month scheme but you get paid to do the course rather than you get paid a salary basically but funny enough he yeah. was moaning about that he was moaning about how yeah. Uh, agencies are setting up their own thing and taking yeah. away from him. Well, and yeah, I, I guess. But I get the feeling that, I've, I've never met him, but I get the feeling that he is, there's his way or the highway, right? Yeah. Like, will it change much in BBH? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think definitely one thing, I, I mean, I don't know him, so I can't, I can't speak ill or positively of in, in, in too much uh, uh, degree. But like, yeah. I think that the idea of it being a paid course as in it pays you to take it like apprenticeships, you know, you know, because if you're trained to be a builder, you can do that and get paid to do it. Right. So why can't you do that for advertising? I think that can only be a good thing because it opens it up to as many people that are able to do it regardless of their economic background and stuff. So we'll see. A a perennial problem is that these schools are expensive and you have to take time out of life and it demands quite a lot of you. Yeah. So to open that up, presumably there'll be, there'll still be the same, um, kind of gating to let people in. Yeah, but, but, yeah. But one of those things won't be their ability to pay for this, which is great. Yeah, that's amazing. And and also one thing is that like you know you'll be able to. We work. One of the great things about the school we went to is you're working on live briefs all the time. Mm. And wouldn't it be so amazing if you were working somewhere where those live briefs could actually get happen and get made and you know jumpstart your career before it's even begun? I don't yeah. know. I, that sounds really cool to me. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pl- start playing this next track. Um, yes, fear. Yes, yes, yes. Um, is it? Uh, I'll start playing it, but it's a long old one, so we'll get talking. We've only got yeah. ten minutes left. We're going to try and stick to the hour. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure. Do you, want to, do you want to just introduce it? Has it got a place in your heart for a particular reason? Yeah, no. I'm going to put it on the background. Yeah, yeah, nice put answer. it on the background. Uh, there, so this is uh, Sphere One by Sophia and or S Fire, depending how you mm-hmm. pronounce it. Uh, so this is the musician Sophie who recently passed away, oh. and it's uh, it's her and two other musicians i can't remember their names but it's just really really good it sounds a lot like the previous song sort of like that sort of moody italo disco type sound and again it's the kind of thing i like working to it just it it has lots of peaks and troughs to it i don't know if we'll play the full thing but it, it really goes nope. and but yeah it's just the song i really enjoy and i i don't think many people have heard it but it's weird because uh, the sophie tracks tended to be really short and yeah yeah uh, not yeah. aggy but really like like a strong tasting yeah, dish. Yeah, quite acerbic pop tunes, and this is kind no, of... It's, it's not that at all. No, 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 it's, it's very soft. I wonder, yeah. do you know what, as someone who's passed away, mm. um, I wonder if this was released with their 
Blessing, mm. or it was, you know, you know that artist China, the rapper? She's a lady called China. Okay, yeah, no, I don't. And she was a really yeah. good, interesting sort of trap rapper, but she was yeah. kind of, um, she was just really interesting. I really liked her. I followed her. She yeah. Had a small follow. Then she died, and she became much more famous when she died. Oh, like posthumously. And then yeah, lots yeah. of her stuff yeah. that people have done yeah. with her have come out, and it, the quality has just gone down, in my opinion, oh, gone down no. massively. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it makes me sad a little bit because they're probably getting more plays because she became famous because of her death. Yeah, yeah, of um, course, yeah. Whereas previously, she was really exciting and interesting and, you know, a, 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 a really interesting story. And I, yeah. I wonder with this, sort, I always worry about this sort of stuff, if it yeah. hasn't had the artist's blessing. Well, I, I think this song in particular came out before the artist uh, sadly passed away. Mm. But but yeah, that happens all the time. You have that with like, you know, I remember there being like Tupac records that came out like years after he died. Do you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. well, there was like an, a Michael Jackson record that came out a couple of years ago where it was like him and like, I don't know, someone crap. That right. was born when he died. Do you know what I mean, it was just, oh no, I think this wasn't this uh, one of the blue members of Blue. Oh God, really? I know yeah. oh, maybe that was Stevie Wonder yeah. and Blue. Yeah, Even not, worse, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole song but this is edited for spotify i'm hearing that um sophie kind of sounding yeah that. kind yeah, of the lovely building of these synths and this oh yeah sense of drama it's, it's really good i mean the whole thing is like yeah nine minutes or so long and it, it really just keeps it has yeah incredible peaks and shots and just yeah quite cinematic as well it's really good given this shortage of time yeah. as ever um these shows are way too short for a great playlist like this. Um, you all have been told the names of the songs, and we'll be putting the. Uh, when I finally do a little website for this, I'll yeah. put the original playlist that the guests have put on. So you'll be able to go and find S Fire One or S Fire One um, online. You want to introduce the next one, which we'll put also uses bedding because it's also an instrumental. Yeah. So this uh, this just came to me really randomly. Um, so this is uh, "Stop It" by Acacia. Uh, which is released on a label called Stroom, which I think just sort of does like weird, obscure reissues. And not much to say about it really, other than it's just really good. And yeah, I think it's become clear that a lot of what I work to is tends to be instrumental type music or whatever, like stuff like that. And again, it's just another one. It, it's, it, it's even keeled enough to sort of work to, but also has enough going on that you can sort of, it sort of gets the synapses firing. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question that I think I, I, yeah. I mean to ask earlier. What is the advert or the campaign that you really want to write at the moment? Oh, God, that, that's a cool <laughs> question. I don't know, man. Like, What's the hue of it? Like, Is it something that's like side-splittingly funny? Is it very much TV adverts you want to be writing? Or do you want to do... Remember at school how quite often the mm. ideas that one were big 
big, much bigger than TV adverts yeah. or posters. Yeah. They were big ideas. And is that you strive for that, or are you really striving for that kind of tight, perfectly formed? pop song-esque advert. Yeah, I kind of think, yeah, uh, describing an advert like a pop song is exactly what I'd like to do, I think. Um, if, Yeah, exactly. I, Where, are you scritty politty of the advertising world? I, I think that's it. It's this. I think there's just a lot of work that goes into making something consumable for everyone and interesting and entertaining for everyone, especially when it comes to an advert, which are inherently things that people don't want to see. And um, I think... Yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. Something that's yeah, it's got to have humour, it's got to have heart, but the kind of thing that people will quote to each other in the playground, or you know, or or users like you know, mm. you know, you got things like compare the meerkat. Maybe that's not the most amazing advert in the world, or the most amazing ad campaign in the world, but it is you know, for the last fifteen years or so, been a huge part of culture, part of culture yeah. and that's kind of the great way to do it. So, what have you? What's what, what's been out in the wilds recently that you love? Um, oh god, you know what? Um, should have prepared that one for you. Sorry, yeah, no, geez. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that Domino's advert, uh, with the yodeling, but <laughs> then there's a really, really good one for piano fairies, which is really quite strange. Um, it's got an incredible song at the background of it, and I can't really remember it, but it's like it's all about returning to the sea, and it's this quite sort of intense but really watchable type thing of. The sea calling people, obviously, because it's a ferry line mm. and whatever. And I, I just thought that was really brilliant. Yeah, Piano Ferries Return to the Sea, I think it's called. And yeah, it's good. We'll have a little blast of uh, Stop It by Keisha. It's always such a shame to um, cut these songs short, um, but unfortunately we have another show coming up, people are waiting for, mm. and it would be unfair to us to take too much. Of course. Um, it's been a joy having you on, dude. Oh, it's been a joy being here. You should be here more often. Oh, well, I'd like to, yeah. I don't know why you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're open to a policy. I just have better things to do. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I, maybe, I maybe, really am kidding, should, I don't. Should we, should we etch your name on the back of the chair? Would that make you feel like... That would make me feel important. Yeah. If you could run that by one of my 12 PAs, then, yeah. Yeah, then I could, we could see a world in which that happens. I'm trying yeah. to work out a way that I can transition from an open request to an open demand. <laughs> yeah. like a, not, not, not you're welcome, as in it's weird that you're not here. It, that that seems really <laughs> yeah. You must arrive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, we're going to play a, a little bit of your last song, but we're going to cut it horrifically short. Do you want to quickly introduce? Uh, it? Yeah, this is uh, Black and Blues, a song called Peace, and it's by Gil Scott Heron's high school band. Weirdly enough, and it's just um, just a nice, soothing little hmm. song. I'm going to bid you farewell. While you're listening to City Sounds with Charles Oliver. Hi, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you ever so much. You're on Hoxton Radio and Black and Blue. Peace.